Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of CityWalk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with CityWalk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search CityWalk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Morning. Morning, those of you that are watching online as well. It's good to have you with us. Uh, It's good to be back. We were gone for a couple weeks, but we're thankful to be back. Uh, This is a really, really big month for our church, and so uh, we were in Florida for a couple weeks, but uh, we're really thankful to be back, except for the fact that it is uh, 109, what was it yesterday? Some crazy, I mean, do you just stop counting after 105 and just stay inside, batting down the hatches? But this, uh, this month, hopefully it'll cool off a little for sports camp. We have uh, one of our favorite events coming up. And so before I dive into our next message in our First John series, uh, if you're new to CityWalk, uh, we do a sports camp the third week of July. And this year we're actually doing two of them. We're doing one in Edgewater and we're doing one in Sam Brandon Park here in Yuba City. And uh, we got about 150 kids registered so far. And uh, it's, it's going to be a really, really special week. If you're interested, maybe you're like, hey, I've been thinking about uh, serving or, man, I'd like to get involved. And I, I found out that my work schedule is going to allow me to work, uh, you know, serve a little bit. Uh, you can actually go to our website and there's a spot that says City Sports Camp. You can register your kids. You can sign up to serve. Or if you're like, you know what, I, I can't serve. I can't be involved that way. But I'd love to be involved in some way. Uh, we have an Amazon equipment list with a few more things on it, some sports equipment, some other things that we need for these camps. And so if you're like, you know what, I, I can do that. I can, I can help purchase some of those things. Then you can actually go to this QR code and you, it'll take you right to that Amazon list and you can see what's left. Just a few things, but you can see what's left. Uh, and man, we, we would be thankful uh, for any help with buying that equipment. And so it's going to be a, be a really good month of July. As I mentioned, we were in uh, Florida a few weeks ago. And we were in, if you've ever been to Florida, you know there's, you know, one side of the state has really big waves and it's kind of the, the east side of the state, Daytona, Cocoa. But then you have the Gulf of Mexico that's usually pretty calm. Uh, but actually, we, we were there, and it felt like the other side of the state, huge waves, humidity like you would expect in Florida. But we were thankful to be there because this vacation was really special for my side of the family because we were renewing my mom and dad's vows, their 50th wedding anniversary. And, and so right on the beach there in Anna Maria Island on a Monday night a few weeks ago, we were able to... Man, all be together and did just something that was really special. And what took me by surprise while this was kind of going on, because it was a public beach, what happened was people all over the beach started stopping and like joining the ceremony. 
And so we had people that were, and I thought, oh, they just stopped to see what's going on and then they'll keep going. But man, people started to kind of gather. You saw people out with their phone. They were videoing it. They were taking pictures. When my mom and dad like kissed and like, hey, just, you know, the end of the, the ceremony, people were cheering for them. And it, it was kind of special. And what was cool for all of us was, was seeing that happen. But for those of us that were in the family, it was even more special than the people that were just kind of watching because, man, we knew the story a little bit better. It, it was special for us because, man, we know that, you know what, mom and dad have had some really high highs in their marriage, but they've had some pretty low lows in their marriage. Uh, there's been days in their marriage where, man, it, it, it might not have felt good to stay together and it might have in their mind have been easier to just kind of end this thing, but yet they stayed together. And so for us, it was, it was so special to be there because, man, we knew at least 46 of the 50 years that they've been married, I've been around, we, we kind of knew the story. And as I, I watched my mom, and it was fun to be a part of it, watched my mom and dad, and they did like a, a foot washing ceremony, which was kind of weird, but it was also kind of cool at the same time. Uh, but they did a little, so there's a few pieces to the ceremony. What their kind of example was to me, as I thought about them, and as I kind of, uh, throughout the week, just kind of thought back to the ceremony, is, is I, I remembered how my mom and dad had stayed together not because they felt like it, but because of what they believed. I remember times in their marriage, even as a young person, that, man, there were some tough times. And I remember my mom and dad staying together when I'm sure they might have felt like ending it or separating or doing different things. But, but yet they stayed together because of what they were believed. They were a tangible example of the fact that when I embrace truth, it leads me to love others even when I don't feel like it. And, and, and this is true whether you're talking about marriage or another area of life. But here's the challenge, and you know this just like I do. The challenge is truth isn't the only voice that you hear. The, the challenge is that if we're honest, truth isn't always the voice we want to hear. There's times where, man, we have other voices, we have other messages, we have other information that to our flesh seem like a lot better option in a lot of areas of life. And so, man, listening to truth, even when it's not popular or even when, man, it feels better to not, is a challenge. And I'm not telling you anything that you've not experienced. You, you and I, no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter what kind of where you're at in your faith, every single one of us could probably point to a time in our life when we would say now, man, we listened to a voice that wasn't true. We listened to a voice that maybe sounded good in the moment and felt good in the moment, but now we look back and we think, you know what? That voice, that message, that truth wasn't really true. And we felt the consequences. What we know, if, and you know this, there are people that you love dearly 
that might even be in a season like that now, and you have tried to encourage them to listen to truth. You've tried to encourage them to stay on a certain path and go a certain way and not listen to this voice and not listen to this lie that they think's true, and it's burdened you. And, and so we can all relate with this. We, we've all experienced it ourselves and felt the consequences of listening to a voice that was supposed to be true but wasn't. And we probably all felt the kind of the, the kick in the stomach when someone we love dearly has decided to listen to a voice that wasn't true and go a wrong direction. And a few weeks ago, as we began the summer, we, we started a, to look at a, a letter by a guy by the name of John. And in this letter, John, who is towards the end of his life, he's kind of in the last season of his life, he's spending kind of his last season of his life pouring into some of the young churches that are kind of scattered throughout Asia Minor. And he is facing a similar challenge to what I just described. Some of these churches, some of these people that he loves dearly, that he's helped kind of move forward in their walk with God, are being challenged and are being presented with things that are not true. They're being presented with people who are telling them things are true and teaching them things that they say are true and they're not really true. And so John, amongst several things that he does in this letter, is he addresses this this challenge and this burden that he has that these people that he loves would listen to the right voice and would really follow the way of truth because he was burdened for them. And if you have your Bible or you can look up on the screen or you can actually go in the app, there's a Bible in the app. Look with me at 1 John chapter 4 as John begins to kind of have this discussion through a letter about this subject of listening to the right voices. He says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He says, hey, dear friends, so these are, these are people he's really close to, do not believe every spirit. Dear friends, these are people he loves. These are people that, man, he, he, he feels like a spiritual father to. So he's, he's saying this with pure motives. Dear friends, do not believe, and this word every means that there must have been more than one spirit. He says, don't believe every spirit. If you're someone who has started a relationship with God, if there's been a time in your life where you have said, you know what, God, I admit to you that I've disobeyed you, that I've sinned. I believe that Jesus was sent to die on the cross to pay for that sin and, to, and, and that Jesus rose from the grave for me. And, and, and you have accepted that by faith as your way to a relationship with God. If you believed that, then a lot of things happened to you when you made that decision. One of the things that happened to you was the Holy Spirit of God began to live inside you. Which if you're new to faith or you, man, are investigating faith, that might even sound weird to you. Like, what? Spirit inside me? Isn't that like a movie? But, but the... the, the God says that, man, when, when someone makes a decision to start a relationship with him, one of the things that happens is God's spirit lives inside. And God's spirit, what, what God's spirit does is, is he comforts, he encourages, 
He convicts. He teaches. In fact, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14. Here's what Jesus said. He said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And he will remind you of everything I have told you. But here's the thing. Just as God gives us his spirit to guide us towards truth, to remind us of truth, to teach us of truth, Satan uses demonic spirits to teach us lies and to move us away from truth. In fact, in the scriptures, one of the names that Satan is given is he's given the name liar or deceiver. And so just like God gives us his spirit inside of us to teach us, to convict us, to encourage us, Satan, he's at work as well. And Satan uses his spirits. They don't indwell us if you're a follower of Jesus, but, but he uses his influence to help us, or in, our, in his mind it's helping, but it's not really helping, but to move us away from the truth that God wants us to believe, that the Holy Spirit is pushing us to. Satan, he's trying to deceive. He's trying to get us to move away from what is really true. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. And what John's saying is he's saying, hey, be careful. Don't believe every spirit. Don't believe everything everybody says is truth. Don't believe it. In fact, and, and, and you've, you've experienced this in your life. And you get this, just like I do. Because, like I said earlier, like we've warned people that we love, like, hey, when you interact with so-and-so, you know, don't believe everything they say. Or, if we're honest, there's certain people in our life that we just know. Like, we're going to filter everything they say. Because they, they've lied to us in the past. They may have a tendency to exaggerate. They, they may have a tendency, like, they're always whining about something. It's always terrible. And, and so their, their perspective's always, like, always negative. And so you, you just know that, man, when this person talks to me, when this person gives me information... I'm going to filter it because I, I know it might not be exactly the way they say it. And this is what John's saying to these people he loves. He's saying, you know what? Every spirit, everything that is presented to you as truth, is not really truth. And be careful. And, and he says, Here, here's what I want you to do. He says this, but test, but test the spirit's. To see if they are from God. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He says, don't, don't believe every spirit. Don't believe everybody that says that what they're saying is true. And obviously John's talking about real people that are facing real challenges. These aren't just big ideas. John's writing letters about specific people that are telling lies. And so he says, man... Don't, don't listen, don't believe every spirit, but instead, he says, test the spirits. So what does that word test mean? It's, it's this idea of how they would do it. They would test metal out to see if it was pure, to see if there was anything in it that, wasn't, that was going to take away from its purity. They would examine it, they would test it, and it's the same word. John says, I want you to test 
the spirits. I want you to examine them. I want you not to just believe everything that's presented as truth. And then what John does is he kind of gives you and me and the people he was writing to, he kind of gives us a measuring stick. Because he's like, okay, John, what is, all right, how do I test it? Like, what do I compare it to? How do I, okay, all right, everybody that talks to me isn't telling me the truth. I get that. But how do I know if they are true? And so he says, hey, let me, let me kind of give you a measuring stick. And, if you've, and you probably have. If you're from around here or you've been around here for a while, you have been to Bishop's Pumpkin Farm. In fact, we're all craving the fall, right? Like, we're like, oh, goodness, I can't wait till it's actually cooler. But, but one of the things, and you've probably taken a picture in front of the same thing that I take a picture in front of every single year. Remember, if you go to Bishop's Pumpkin Farm and you go to where the slide is, on the side of the slide, there's a, like a big ruler, like a huge ruler. It, it, and what I always do, like I, I, I am six foot and I just want to make sure I'm still six foot, is every year me and my little girl Kate go to the measuring stick on the side of Bishop's Pumpkin, the same one that you've probably taken a picture in front of, or maybe your kids have, and we stand, and I usually get a little on my tippy toes to make sure that I measure good and I'm still really six foot. What John's saying here, he's saying, hey, here's the, here's the ruler. Here's what I, these people are telling you that this is true. I want you to put that next to this ruler to see if it really measures up. And he tells us what that measuring stick is, how we can really know if it's true. He says this in verse 2. He says, this is how you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now is already in the world. And so here's what John says. He says, the measuring stick, it actually comes down to one question. Here's how you know. You're being taught this by these teachers. Here's how you know if what these teachers are saying is legit. He says, just ask them this question. Who is Jesus? And this is the question that is the measuring stick to know if this person is a false prophet, if they're teaching things that aren't true, or if this person is teaching truth. See, he says, just that's the question, because... There's people in this day and age, and there's still people today that, that believe that Jesus was a, a, an example, that he was a pretty good teacher, that he was a very moral man, somebody that would be a great example for us. People might say that, man, he's just a, a good man or a, a teacher. And what John says is, you know what? If they don't say that Jesus is God's son, that he's from God, that he, and, and in what he's referring to is that Jesus is God's son, and that Jesus came to earth to die for sin, and he rose from the grave. If that, if the person telling you that this is true doesn't believe that about Jesus, John says, yeah, you might not want to believe that. Might not want to put that person in the, like, teaching category of somebody that's teaching you accurately 
He says, this is, this is the measuring stick. Who is Jesus? And, and what John wasn't trying to do is he wasn't trying to scare these people. Like, you're like, demons, demonic spirits, and anti, like, what kind of freaky stuff is this? Well, here's what John says, the very next phrase. He says this, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. You've, you've overcome or you've prevailed. Why? Because you're a great person? Because you're, why? Because the one who is in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the one who is in the world. John, he, he encourages his readers and he encourages us today. Now, 2,000 years later, he encourages us to examine teaching and to be aware of evil and deceit and be aware of the lies in society. But he says, but you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to fear because the spirit that's inside of you is not worried. The spirit that's inside of you is greater than any spirit, that, that uh, a lying or a deceitful spirit. The spirit in you is greater. So you don't need to fear. But I do want you to be aware that there's a lot of people that say what they say is true. And it's not true. And you need to be careful. He, he goes on in verse 5 and he says, they, he's talking about those, those false teachers they are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. Well, that makes sense. These teachers that John's referring to, and, and anybody that, that you would think of even in our day and age that, that is, is giving information or teaching things that aren't true, and I'm not even talking about people like that stand up in front at a church. I mean, that's part of it, but I'm talking about People on social media that, that spout off things that they say are true, or people in the media. Like, there's information is everywhere. And, and the filter of, like, hey, is this true? And should I buy into that? And should I believe that? And should I base my life on that? Should I believe the same way that person believes? Man, that's happening to us all the time. We're being bombarded constantly. And what John's saying, he's saying, you know what? Those people that teach things that aren't true. They're teaching the world system, and the world is listening to them, which makes sense. The people that are opposed to God, they lean into that. They buy into that. They're, they're all for it. But then he goes on and he says, but we, John's talking about himself and other people who are teaching truth about Jesus are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. I was in a Bible study yesterday, and one of the guys in the Bible study said, he said, man, John is just such a straight shooter. And you see it here. He's just, he doesn't beat around the bush. He's just like, he just tells it like it is. And here he says, basically, he says, there's a world system that is opposed to God. And that's not new information for anybody. Like, oh, yeah, of course. There's a world system that's opposed to God. And there are people that are teachers and influencers that teach and promote the doctrine of that system. And then there's a lot of people in our world that lean in 
to that teaching, to that system, to those beliefs. That's just the way it is. And what John wanted, he wanted his friends to be aware of this world system and its teaching. He also wanted to remind them that they did not need to fear because the spirit inside of them was greater and much more powerful than the world's system or the false teachers. See, while the world system is built on lies, John, he reminds his friends of the way of Jesus that's built on truth. Maybe you'd say it this way. When I embrace lies, lies, it leads me to hurt others. When I embrace truth, it leads me to love others. When I embrace lies, it leads me to hurt others. And this, we see this. We see this in our society. We see deceit. We see manipulation. We see prejudice. We see, I mean, you, you can fill in the blank. There's, there's just so much hurt. And when, when, when we believe and lean into things that are not true, where God says these are not true, it will lead us to hurt other people, whether we, that's our motive or not. But like Jesus, and this is where John wanted to, in this next few phrases, he wants to point people to, hey, yeah, there's a whole nother way. That there's a way that embraces truth. And, and, and that embracing of truth, it, it doesn't lead to hurt. It leads to following Jesus' example and loving others. He goes on in, in verse 7. And, and you've probably, even if you didn't grow up in church, you've probably heard some of these Next few phrases that John talked about. He says this. He says, dear friends, again, these are people he loves. He says, let us love one another. Why? Because love is from God. What what John's saying is, you know what? Not only is, is God truth, but God is like God cannot not be loving. It's just who he is. It's in his DNA. And, and so John says, hey, let's love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Like if God's spirit lives inside of someone, they will naturally love other people. They won't have to like, oh, let me make sure I take my Wheaties today or eat my spinach so I can like love. No, naturally, there's going to be a a love inside them that will mature and grow. My son, Austin, I have three kids. I have a son who's uh, 21. He'll be 22 here soon. When we were in Florida, you know, like you do when you go on vacation, it's like, all right, let's get all the family pictures. Let's get everybody get together, take pictures. And so we did. We took all kinds of pictures. And so I always try to get like a picture with the whole family and then I get a picture with each of the kids, all that stuff. So when Austin and I were taking a picture, somebody, I don't even remember who it, who it was, said this. They said, this is basically the same person as they're taking our picture. I'm, I'm basically taking a picture of the same person. And I don't know if Austin's good with that. I don't know if he likes that. I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously like the fatter, older version of him, but, but he can't help it. Like, it's not like, like, 
I'm sorry, buddy. I, if you don't want to look like me, if you don't, I'm sorry. It's just a lot, your lot in life because you're my son. And so there's just naturally, you're going to look like me. Like you're, you're just, it just is what it is, whether you want it to happen or not. And what John says to these people that he's writing to, he's saying, you know what? If you have the spirit of God in you, God is love. And so you will love other people. You will be someone that love is growing in if the spirit is inside of you because the spirit inside of you is love. And then he goes on and he says this. Again, John's a pretty straight shooter. So it's like, hey, let me not be confusing at all. He says this. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Like if you're not God's kid, you're not going to look like God. Duh. That's what John's saying. He says, and this is where John has this unique perspective, maybe more unique than most people in, in all of history because John spent a ton of time with Jesus when he was here on earth. And so he, he says this, he says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. He says, I'm telling you that God is love, but man, let me tell you how God actually showed it. Like, like we, we live in a world where a lot, there's a lot of this, a lot of chatter, a lot of saying things, but here's what John says. He says, you know what? God didn't just chatter about it. Like God showed his love. Let me tell you how I saw this love that's inside of you. Let me tell you how I saw it revealed in a tangible way. And he goes on. He says, God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, John, he saw this up close. He, he understood how God didn't just talk about it, how he revealed it. He, he understood in a very tangible way how God had sent his only son, Jesus, to the world. Like he hung out with Jesus for three years. He, John's like, I was there. I saw what I'm telling you actually revealed in a person. I saw it. I saw Jesus love people that other people avoided. I saw Jesus heal and transform people that had crazy baggage in their life. I saw him do it. I was there the night when Jesus was in a garden praying. I saw people come and take Jesus I, I went to the cross. I was there with Jesus' mom. I saw his beaten and battered and bloody body. I, I heard the soldiers making fun of Jesus while he was on the cross. And I heard Jesus say, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I saw it. I saw this love I'm telling you about, I'm writing to you about, I saw it revealed. I heard love talked about, but more than that, I saw it displayed in a person. 
And then he says this in verse 11. He says, dear friends, you can just hear how much he loves these people. If God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. The natural response to God's love for us that was revealed in Jesus is that we would just love one another. And he says this, no one has ever seen God, God the Father. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete or matures in us. See, when, when we embrace the truth of God, and I know there's people maybe watching online or maybe you're here and you're like, some of you, you've been following Jesus for decades. Others of you, you're like, man, I, I just kind of stepped over that line of faith recently. I'm, I'm just starting to, to follow Jesus. But then there's other people, you're like, you know what? I, I don't know that I buy it all. Um, maybe you're still a little bit skeptical of the whole thing. Maybe for you, the reason you actually walked away or kind of have been straight arm in the church is because you have not seen what John is talking about actually lived out by people that say they follow Jesus. Like you've seen a lot of division. You've seen a lot of hate. You've seen a lot of other things spewed from people that say they are God's children and that they love Jesus. But maybe you haven't seen what John's talking about. And so for you, maybe you're a little bit skeptical of this whole thing. But no, no matter where you are, I want you to think about this statement. Man, when we embrace the truth of God, so if we were to, and some of you already have, but when we embrace, lean into, really grab hold of the truth of God, the truth that he reveals to us in his word, his love grows, it matures in us. And there's some things that just naturally happen. When that happens, when we embrace truth, John tells us that God's love, it just, it matures and it grows in us. And there's just some natural things that happen. One of those natural things that John talks about is this. We display God's love to others. He's, John says it. You know what? The people at your job, they've never seen God. The people at the ball field, they've never seen God. They've never seen God the Father. You know, the people, and you, you fill in the blank, they've never seen God. But here's what John says. But you know what they do see? They see God's love in you. Like, you're the picture. They're not, they, don't, they don't see God. They're not going to coffee with God. They're going to coffee with you. And if, if you believe the truth of God, then they are, should see what God's love in human form actually looks like. You are the representation. That's what he said. It should just naturally happen that you become the natural representation of God's love to the world. And then, and then he goes on and he says this. A second thing that happens if, if you and I believe the truth of God and if his love is maturing in us, another thing that happens is this. We grow in confidence in our relationship with him. Look at verse 17 as he kind of closes this section. He says this. In this, love is made complete with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. 
And then he goes on and he says this. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears is not complete in love. Here's what John's saying. When you hold on to truth, when you believe truth, God's love grows and matures in you naturally. And one of the things that will just naturally happen is you'll be, God's, you'll be a representation of God's love to the world. But the second thing that naturally happens is you grow in confidence in your own relationship with God. You're not going to be worried about, yeah, one day I'm going to stand before God. I, I hope he's not upset. You're not going to walk through life scared of God. You're going to walk through life loving other people. You're going to walk through life with God's love maturing in you. You're not going to walk through life checking boxes, loving people because you think you have to, to keep God happy with you. It's naturally going to happen. You're going to have confidence before God. You're going to have confidence in your relationship with God, and you're going to walk in a lot of freedom, not a lot of fear. That's what John's saying. Here's what, back to my son, Austin. So if you were to walk up to my son, Austin, say, hey, buddy, you know Chris Fincham? He's not your dad. You know what, you know what my son's not going to do? Order a DNA sample. I got to make sure. I'm really worried about this. You know what my son's going to do? He's not going to lose one ounce of sleep. Because you're like, man, I mean, there's some days I, don't, I wish he wasn't my dad, probably. But look at us. Like we're the same person. I'm not going to walk through life afraid that Chris isn't really my dad. I mean, it's just obvious that that's my dad. I don't need to go take a test. I don't need to go to bed worried. I don't need to be afraid if my dad's going to really love me or if he's even really my dad. No, it's obvious. So I'm going to walk through life and enjoy a great relationship with my dad. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk through life with confidence in my relationship with my dad. I'm going to walk through life not afraid that my dad's mad at me or if I mess up a little bit that he's going to like stop the relationship with me. Of course not. That's what John's saying. He's saying when you believe truth and God's love is maturing in you, man, you have confidence. Not cockiness, but confidence. That displays itself in humble submission to God and love for other people. And that's what John says. And and as you read John's writings, and I mentioned this earlier, you, you can tell as he's writing this, man, he loves these people dearly. He he wants them to grasp this truth that he's talking about. He wants them to walk in freedom and confidence. As I mentioned earlier, every one of us, we've had a season in our life that we've believed lies. We all have. Let's be honest. We've probably had multiple seasons where we have believed things that were presented as truth and we found out kind of on the backside that it wasn't true. 
And it had a huge impact on our life. And, and you might be in a season right now where if you were really honest, there's some things that you're believing, some, some ways that you're living, some things that you're basing your life on that, that at the end of the day aren't really true based on what God says. I mean, you might be in one of those seasons where, where you know what, you're allowing some influence and some voices that are in opposition to God to kind of be the loudest voices, most influential voices in your life. And, and you're not trying to call it demonic, because that just sounds weird. I mean, when we think of demons, we're like, that's like the pitchfork guy and like the red guy with the tail. Like, you're not trying to call that voice demonic. But here's the thing. There's not a third team. It's either God's voice or Satan's voice. You're like, no, I'm kind of right in the middle. I'm, I'm kind of in the fence. Well, here's the thing. You know what? Satan actually owns the fence. He, he, he owns the middle. So, so while you might be like, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of in the middle. I kind of believe a little bit of both, kind of foot in both sides. Satan's like, golf clap for you. I, I got you on that one. I mean, because he owns the middle. So, so here's the thing. If like John, if like John, maybe you're, you're in a spot where you're saying, you know what, I want to make sure I'm listening to truth. I, I want to make sure that I'm not being led astray by evil. I, I really want to lean into, man, really knowing if the things I'm listening to are, are right and true. If that's you, let me give you two questions to grapple with as you all throughout this next week, even today, you hear voices, you get information, you are, people are trying to influence you. Two questions that will help you decide, is this a voice I should listen to? Is this a voice of truth or not? And, and here's the first question. It's kind of a long question. Here's the first question. Do the voices you allow to influence you most believe that Jesus is God that he died and rose from the grave to pay for sin. Let me read that again. Do the voices you allow to influence you most, and this word most is important because there's, we're influenced by a lot of things, but those voices that really influence you, that you're really leaning into, those voices that influence you most, do those people, do those influences believe that Jesus is God? That he died and rose from the grave to pay for sin. That's a good question. It's a good question. That's a good measuring stick. Like, I'm not going to be a jerk to the person. I'm not going to be, a, no, 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 not, nothing like that. But is, that is, is this a voice that I should really allow to influence me? This is one of the questions you should grapple with. The second question is this. Do you allow the voice, do the voices you allow to influence you most help you represent God's love to the world. Again, th those voices that you'd say, man, those are the most important voices. Those are the places I go to, and I, man, that's truth in my life. Okay, are those voices, are those influences helping you to represent God's love well to the world? And, and if the answer to either of those questions is no, it would probably be good to make some changes in who you're listening to, 
If the answer to those questions for me is no with people that influence me, with media that influences me, then, then I probably need to like evaluate that a little bit. And for some of us, it might be just kind of cutting out some wrong voices. I mean, if, if what you believe about money, sex, marriage, and the list goes on, is based on an influencer or a media outlet or, or even a, a good person that you would think wouldn't give you bad information, but it, you can't take it back to what God says, you should at least evaluate that. You should at least turn over those rocks a little bit more and not just take all that they say and all that they, you know, all that they put out as, oh, that's truth. And maybe not only cut out some wrong voices, but embrace some right voices. Get to know God. Get to know what God says about important things in life. Get to know God by spending some time with him. And then try to find some people that you can kind of put around you that do help you show God's love to the world, that do believe deeply that Jesus is God and that he died for sin and that they humbly show God's love to the world. Man, find some people like that. Find some voices like that to influence you. See, if you're a follower of Christ and and you know this already, but maybe it's a good reminder, you need to know that the enemy wants nothing more for you than to destroy your life. If you're watching online, the enemy wants to take you and your family down. Like, duh, read through the Bible. He's been trying that forever, and he's pretty good at it. But here's what he doesn't do. He doesn't show up with a pitchfork and a really ugly face, because then it'd be obvious. What he does is he shows up by just taking a little bit of God's truth and like, let me just turn it to the right a little bit. Let me tweak it just a little bit. Let me change it just so that it almost sounds like, oh, that sounds about right. He's not an idiot. And so he, in fact, the scripture says that sometimes he appears as an angel of light. And he knows and we need to, like, like what John was saying to these people, we need to, man, just not be afraid at all, but be aware and evaluate the voices we're listening to and make sure that truth is the loudest voice, the most influential voice in our life. And here's, here's the last thing I'm going to say. And I've said this before, and I, whether you're somebody that is seven or 107, whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you think this whole Jesus thing is like hogwash, last thing I'll say is this, you will not get to the end of your life and regret listening to God. Let's pray. Lord. We live in a world, and I, I know even in my own life, I'm so tempted on a regular basis to listen to voices and information that, man, sounds good and might even make me feel good about myself, 
but isn't necessarily truth. And God, I, I know in my own life, there's been seasons where I have followed those paths and I've listened to those voices to the point where it has led to some pretty bad things. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, whether you're watching online or you're here this morning, maybe you're here or you're watching and you would say, hey, Chris, I'm, I'm not a follower of Jesus. Uh, Chris, I'm, I'm somebody that maybe I'm a little skeptical of the whole Jesus thing, or maybe you've been hurt by the church and you're just kind of coming back, maybe trying one more time. Well, for you, man, this, this morning, man, I, I want you to know that God loves you. And maybe you haven't always seen God's love in people that say they're his, fo his followers, but he loves you. And he does want a relationship with you. And really, the, the first truth that God invites you to embrace is that. That he loves you, and he wants a relationship with you. And maybe you're like, okay, how, how would that happen, Chris? Well, it's, it's pretty simple. Right where you're at, when you're, where you're watching online or here with us this morning, you just, just between you and God, just your heart to God. If you're in a spot where you're like, yes, I'm, I'm ready to believe that God loves me. I'm ready to believe that God sent his son Jesus to die for me and raise from the dead. I, I want a relationship with God. Just in the quietness of your heart, just say something like this to God. Just say, God, I admit to you that I've sinned. I admit to you, God, I've, I've done things my own way. Just tell him. And then just tell him, God, I, I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave for me. And then just ask him, God, would you come into my life? I want a relationship with you. Transform me today. If you're watching online or you're here this morning and you prayed with me and you just talk to God and you started a relationship with God or maybe you have more questions if you're online you can go to citywalk.cc there's a decision card you can fill out we'll contact you and just answer any questions you have want to make sure you understand your relationship with God if you're here there's a decision card right in front of you you can fill that out you can take it to the next steps table. And, and again, we'll just connect with you this week and not bug you, but just want to make sure you understand your decision. For those of us that you would say, I do have a relationship with God. There has been a time in my life where I have believed the good news and started that relationship. Let me ask you a question as we close. Who are the voices in your life that have the most influence? Do those voices embrace Jesus and help you reflect God's love to the world? If not, are you willing to do something about it? Are you willing to turn off social media? Are you willing to spend less time with certain people? Are you willing to maybe start consistently being in a small group where you surround yourself with good people that believe the truth about Jesus? Maybe it's something else. Whatever it is, would you just say yes to God? He, he wants you to have freedom. 
He wants you to walk through life confident in your relationship with him. And a really big part of that is the voices we listen to. So would you just say yes to God? Here in a second, we're going to sing one more song. And Steve and Sue are down front. If, if you'd like somebody to pray with you, if you have questions about your relationship with God, and they're down front here in this first row, and they'll, they'll be here for a few minutes after the service, just available to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for truth. God, I pray that you would continue to lead us to your truth. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to help us guard against lies. In Jesus' name, amen.